Hello, everyone, and welcome to Rail Group On Air, presented by Railway Age and Railway Track and Structures magazines and International Railway Journal. I'm your host, Bill Wilson, and I am the editor-in-chief of RTNS Magazine, and welcome to another podcast. This is Rail Group On Air. Hello everyone, this is Bill Wilson, Editor-in-Chief of Railway Track and Structures Magazine. Our sponsor for this podcast is Trinity Rail, which continues to be your premier provider of integrated rail transportation products and services, from rail car leasing and manufacturing to maintenance, parts, and much more. Trinity Rail remains ready to deliver targeted solutions to meet any rail transportation requirement. Call Trinity Rail at 1-800-631-4420 or go to trinityrail.com to learn how the company can help solve today's problems and better prepare you for tomorrow's opportunities. Today, more than ever, Trinity Rail is built to deliver. My guest today is Ricky Johnson, who is the Vice President of Engineering for CSX. Johnson is excited about the success story CSX is writing these days. And we talked about some CSX projects currently underway, maintenance activities that have been performed, and the effect of the COVID-19 pandemic on maintenance of way activities. So here is my full interview with Ricky Johnson from CSX. Did you want to just start and talk about some of the projects that are currently going on um, with CSX, some of the construction yeah. projects? Yeah, I'll start. And, and, and I'd be remiss if I didn't... Uh kind of start off by saying, Bill, first thing, appreciate you, uh, you know, being interested in CSX and some of the amazing things that are going on at our company and have been here for several years. But, you know, we, we continue to have a very strong capital plan across all of our, you know, different areas within our engineering umbrella that uh, we manage and, and, and implement and take care of. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, I, I think the one thing that has been very eye-opening or interesting to me here is that, uh, you know, we've been able to continue the necessary investments to our core infrastructure, even, you know, even with the, you know, unheard of uh, times that we've been going through as a company, as a nation, as a, you know, world. And, you know, it's, uh, I think it's hats off to all of our employees and dedicated railroaders out there that, you know, has really transformed our railroad here over the last three years. And, and you know, that, that transformation is the reason that, you know, we're, we're able to weather this historic epidemic times and, you know, remain financially strong and not have to reduce investments in our ties, rail, bridges, or, or other engineering areas and I know I'm I'm sure that you know the history of railroads in particular at least prior to the last decade or so that was typically the first place that got whacked when you had any kind of you know economic hardship was uh the investments in the core infrastructure and and thank God we're where we're at with precision railroading that we're able to have a strong financial sheet and and able to continue to invest. So uh and you know and i'll go into kind of the 
you know, on the big, what I call our design and construction team, the projects that they work on, uh, kind of, you know, it's new or, or major rehab of, of different areas. And we really have, you know, we actually have a pretty significant amount going on. And we've kind of transitioned here over the last three years from from building additional infrastructure or, uh, that's needed because of the capacity that we've been able to grow. We've been able to shift and really the big focus now are on our value creation projects such as CREATE. Uh, I know you're probably well aware of all the projects there around Chicago and all the industry, different partners there that we have there around Chicago. And You know, we've got three multiple projects that are ongoing. Some of them are in the the build stage, you know, we got some, you know, the, the flyover project, the last big one they here that was that was uh, announced, that, you know, design, permitting, and planning. So we've got really four big projects there around the Chicago area. That's all part of the, uh, you know, and it's all public knowledge. It's it's all around all the create stuff and the work to try to continue to improve the flow of traffic through Chicago. And uh, so, so that's kind of a big area, and those are, as you well know, a multi-year project. Some of those projects have been going ongoing uh, for a year or so. Some of them are kicked off this year, uh, and and some of them, you know, are not necessarily going to finish up this year. They'll continue on into the to the out, outer years, and uh, we continue just to have a good partnership of all the railroads and and the government entities up there to continue moving those projects along. I'm sorry. Can I interrupt just for a second? I'm sorry. So you mentioned the four, you have four big projects. Can you describe those big projects going on with CREATE? Uh, yeah, and it's, uh, I, I don't have, well, let me just say, I don't have my notes in front of me, so we have some stuff, so I'll generalize and, if we need to get more specifics, we can follow up, okay. you know, with specifics. Uh, we've got some work around the Gary Airport uh, project that it's called. Uh, we've got the flyover project down around uh, uh, 79th Street there, the, the flyover project where we're doing some grade separation between uh, multiple railroads uh, where instead of having an at-grade crossing of multiple railroads, uh, we'll actually elevate some of the tracks and go build a viaduct or bridge, for lack of a better word, over the top so that, uh, you know, traffic can move freely uh, without, um, uh, you know, interfering with the other uh, railroad or entities' operations. Um, those are probably the uh, two bigger ones that uh, we have going on. And like I said, I can, you know, if you'd like, Hey, some more details since it's all public um, public information there in the create uh, okay. um, database. I, I don't have a problem with we can follow up with Todd Eckler who leads my design and construction and he can get you some more specifics if you would like. Okay, great, thank you. Um, Syracuse Intermodal Project, uh, that's a partnership there with the state of New York. Uh, that's uh, in progress right now where uh, it's kind of like, I think, a concept of the uh, inland port type, you know, that you've probably seen in the news, you know, state of Georgia and South Carolina and different states that have kind of 
promote it? How do they how do they relieve congestion of highways and how do they get uh, open up their ports to uh, more businesses? And so we've got uh, the Syracuse project. That's a project with the state of New York. Um, you know, we've got CCX, which is a project that uh, we're we're in partnership with the state of North Carolina. That's right north of Rocky Mount, North Carolina. Uh, that project uh, has been uh, under construction. It was a multi-year project, and here by the end of this year, it'll be substantially uh, complete. And uh, I will say that, you know, and I, I think it kind of piggybacks some onto the, your second question about the progress on the projects and 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 I just say with all of the projects that I'm talking about, and for that matter, all of the projects, even if we don't have time to talk about every single one in depth, all of our projects have remained on target, on schedule. Uh, they're not, uh, you know, the benchmarks that we set and the timelines, uh, none of them's in jeopardy and, and of not being on target for the completion dates that uh, we put out there for them. Uh, we also have, as we've had several here over the last, you know, decade, we have projects uh, ongoing there with BRE in the state of Virginia, um, you know, with the commuter traffic there from, uh, oh, yeah. you know, around Arkendale and, and going south. That's just been a continued thing here for, you know, 10, probably the last t decade that we've been working hand-in-hand uh, -hand with the state of Virginia and BRE. Um, you know, we have marked projects, uh, a lot of switches and interlocking projects to kind of improve the fluidity and, and make sure that they're able to run without delays there on, on where they operate on CSX property. And uh, so, so that's kind of a general overview of what I would term as, you know, big construction projects there's always little projects here and there whether it's uh -huh. re redesigning a switching lead to improve the efficiency of our transportation department and the switching ladders you know uh, but those are the uh, those are the big projects there that we have going on and in terms of maintenance activities you know uh, ties and, and rail replacements stuff like that uh, I don't know if you guys do a percentage completion so far, or maybe you can give me a comment as far as it doesn't sound like there's been any delay in maintenance work at all um, as far as it's the same scenario as, as new construction. I mean, is that fair to say that maintenance is going along strong and on schedule? Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, I, and what I do, I'll run through. I don't have – I'll give you – I'll share some numbers with you here, and what I do, I'll okay. kind of – I'll kind of give you the plan, like what we plan to do this year, and then where we're at year to date. Perfect. Um, you know, one of the one, and and so I'll just I'll, I'll kind of go through it, and and I'll go kind of slow when I get to the numbers. We make sure I'll make sure I don't talk too fast. But uh, perfect. You know, I think the remarkable thing is when I pull the productivity. So we measure productivity uh in units per paid man hour so how many ties did they put in per paid man hour how many feet of rail did we lay per paid man hour uh the remarkable thing is that since the middle of march uh both of those have improved you know i'd, I'd round it 
uh, you know, 20%. One of them's improved 19%. One of them's improved 23%. So the amazing thing is that with the decrease that uh, that we've seen in the, the traffic levels, uh, it's been able to allow us even more time to upgrade and repair the tracks. And then when you look at it from the cost side, uh, our productivity, you know, let's just call it 20% improvement in the productivity levels here over the last seven, six, seven, eight weeks, whatever that, uh, my, I lose count. I think we've been in quarantine for so long. I can't yeah. keep up with the wicks. I'm sure you're the same yeah. way. But, you know, and, and the, the, you know, it's, it's like, you know, I have a truly dedicated team of railroaders in the engineering department. And, you know, when, when all of this struck and, and it's just so much uncertainty out there in the world and, you know, to have such a dedicated team of, of railroaders that, you know, they just answered the call and they, they continued to do their part to, you know, keep our railroad fluid, uh, all of our metrics, whether it's velocity or whatever, up to, uh, levels that uh, we haven't seen in a long time if forever on our railroad. And even more importantly, it's allowed us to continue to serve our customers that we do have. So all of those people that's needing that toilet paper and, and all of those cleaning supplies and things that we just seem to run out of, you know, I think it's uh, a huge, huge reason that we're able to do that is for the the dedicated employees that we have here at CSX, and in my case, specifically the engineering department. They've really knocked the cover off the ball, and I think it's uh, even looking at the productivity levels during a time when there's so much uncertainty, I think it speaks volumes about the the team that we have here at CSX and engineering. Um, you know, on the tie side, uh, we planned about three and a half, Three point uh, three million fifty thousand uh, cross ties this year. That was our plan. So, uh, and you know, year to date of those. Well, let me before I go to the production of where we're at. Of those, uh, uh, you know, about two point five million or so. And I'm I'm rounding. You know, we're talking about millions, so it's like thousand here or there, but. About two and a half million, a little over two and a half million of those were on the main lines, and uh, about five hundred and uh, forty thousand of those are in our yards. Okay. So that's one big shift. Just you know, kind of being kind of laying it out there, so you understand where we're at. Um, you know, our main lines we really hit hard over the last decade, and and. Are, a very sound structural condition and we're really focusing to make sure that as we have redesigned our network and redesigned the traffic flows as we went through the precision railroading change and and how we move business and how we serve customers we've really shifted some focus and really are upgrading and and making our yards uh stronger and, and, and doing a lot more work within our yard infrastructure. Um, year to date, if you look at it year to date on, on the yard ties, we've installed about uh, 200, approximately 260,000 ties uh, year to date. And when I say year to date, this would be before last week. So yeah. I don't have the numbers in it for last week. So whatever 
whatever date that would be through the first week of uh, May, I guess it would be. Uh, gotcha. But that's uh, in the mainline ties, we're at uh, 991,000 uh, mainline ties. So we're getting close to a million of those installed. And if you look at the run rates and kind of the mix between, because you have different size teams, so you have the mainline teams are bigger teams. They're, they put in, of course, more quantity in a week. Our yard teams, because you're working in smaller confined spaces, are smaller teams. They don't uh, put in as many in a week. Uh, and if you look at the run rate, we'll, uh, we'll complete our program well before uh, the end of the year there on our ties. And then on the rail side, uh, we plan to lay 560, uh, approximately 564 miles of, uh, of uh, rail track miles. And just to make sure so that uh, I'm sure dealing with other railroads, you may know this, but when I say track miles on the rail, when I talk about rail, uh, back to both rails. So, you right. know, it's like you times two and you get the linear miles of rail that uh, we're laying. So, you know, we're laying over 1,100 linear miles of rail, but uh, we call it 564 track miles. Of that rail, uh, on the curve patch, so that's just replacing individual curves uh, and our outer face where we're replacing from point A to point B everything, uh that's about 475 miles approximately of that program is dedicated to curve and out of face on the main lines on our yard rail the rest of that rail about you know 89 90 miles somewhere in there approximately 90 miles is really dedicated to our yard tracks uh so it, it's dedicated to going into some of these yards and upgrading the rail uh, and really rebuilding some of our yards, uh, especially now that, you know, we've got a smaller footprint as far as our yards and the tracks that's needed to process cars because our transportation side has become so efficient. So now it's like now that we know what we need, let's make sure that we've got the best infrastructure that we can to keep from delaying and having incidents or maintenance issues where we delay our uh, the commodities that we're moving to our customers. So, and if I look at year to date where we're at, um, you know, on the main line curve, uh, the curve and out of face side of it, uh, we've uh, installed right at 212 track miles uh, year to date. And if I look at the yard uh, work, uh, we're right at we've installed 32 track miles in our yards uh, year to date. Uh, again, same story as on the tie side. We're, uh, you know, we don't foresee any any issue of uh, finishing all of our rail work, 100% of it be complete. And uh, uh, really, I would tell you that I'm getting uh, very, I'm getting good track time, especially now and even before the, the drop in volume. Uh, we come out the gate in January there and started up our teams mid-January, and uh, we've gotten very good uh, track time and, and opportunities to go out here and put this material in the ground. And then the final bucket kind of that I put into the maintenance and really what is, you know, if you think about what's fundamental to Q1 
key railroad infrastructure or sound railroad infrastructures really ties rail and surfacing. And these are the big out-of-face surfacing jobs, not the little surfacing teams that you see that are take care of a slow order here or there. Uh, you know, we plan we'll surface over four, approximately 45 to 4,600 miles of our railroad uh, uh, this year. And uh, we're we're sitting there right there about 1,900 uh, miles that have been surfaced year to date uh, on our with our surfacing teams. Uh, so that's kind of the three big buckets that I think really encompass you know what makes the railroad run and 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 everything. And I would add that uh, you know we'll also replace over 400 switches. So when you think about you know, where you have cost or, or maintenance or a higher level of maintenance requirements. It's around your switches on the on the main lines and you know, we're replacing over four hundred switches this year as well. So uh and that's about that's average for what we do every year. You know, you could you give or take a few either side of four hundred, uh and that's outside of any of the big projects like the you know intermodal facilities or anything like that that uh you know that may add to that number how has covid the pandemic how has it changed your approach out on the job site as far as maintaining social distancing and, and all that stuff and not congregating in groups how, how have you guys dealt with that yeah i think it you know i mean of course we've adhered and we've got uh you know we've got a lot of good document or a lot of good uh, info that we've broadcast, we've handed, we've talked, and kind of got our people to understand the, the CDC restrictions or re- suggestions, I guess, and um, you know, in, in the different states that may have more restrictive measures. And you know, it's uh, been a phenomenal effort uh, by our procurement, purchasing, and procurement department of road securing all the supplies that are, are necessary, whether we're talking about sanitizer, hand cleaner, hand cleaning stuff, uh, mask, uh, all of those things. And so first off, we've made sure and, and, and we have uh, weekly calls with all the general chairman and others to make sure that uh, if they're hearing anything that we address it and you know, so we're first and foremost, we're making sure that everybody's got what they need to be able to go out here and work safely. And then, you know, the social distancing, hey, we minimize the number of people that, uh, you know, when we talk about transporting large teams to and from, it's about minimizing the number of people. You know, it's like uh, one person to a bus seat, for instance. It's, um, it's um you know fifty percent capacity on your vans that you use uh and then even in job briefings, I'm sure you've been out on the track probably around some of these teams, and you know you get fifty sixty employees all huddled up in about a twenty foot circle talking about what's going on. We've even changed that it's you know we're going to spread out and make sure that the employees can stand six foot apart, and you know we'll segment the team and do a briefing with the front end, the back middle, and the back end of the team and have them in smaller groups of where they can spread out and still be able to hear what's going on and and, and everything. And so, um, you know, I would, uh, you know, 
I would say that it's uh, it's been a challenge, but I would say it's been one that the leadership and the employees have all met and and uh, done so admirably. And uh, you know, I I don't know of uh, anything else I can say about that other than practicing all the CDC recommendations, and it's been a success. There are class ones out there that are their capital plans are struggling. You say CSX is is really healthy right now, and there's been that transformation. One of it being precision scheduled railing, railroading. Is is that the primary reason that has allowed you to adjust to this, or is there more more bullet points to that that allows you to have still a healthy capital plan? With some class ones are are struggling with their capital plans. Yeah, I would uh I would one hundred percent my view of the world. I've been doing this for twenty seven years. Okay, and I started out and I was a trackman in the engineering department and um you know, I, I've worked every job there is from there to the one that I have now, the overall of it. And uh, you know, without a doubt I will tell you that you have a transition when you're going from wherever you were as a, a company, what your operating philosophy was, there's a transition phase. Uh, but if you are truly running precision railroading and uh, you know where the trains are going to be and the trains are going to be on time, you're able to schedule your work windows and your work blocks. And, uh, you know, the the effect it has on uh, whether it's out or out miles, uh, where you're not uh, running, you know, you're not running cars out or out miles, so you get less traffic, you get less movement of the cars that are going more direct from the origination to the destination. You have less trade. And if you look at CSX, where uh, prior to this pandemic, where we've been able to significantly reduce the number of trains that run across our property, uh, less headlights, more track time, right? So I can sit there for 10 trains at 100 cars apiece, uh, you know, or I can sit there for five trains with 200 cars apiece. Mm -hmm. And therefore, when I sit for five, I have more opportunity to get out there and do the work. Now, specific to the pandemic, and, you know, probably one of the reasons that I was excited to do this story is, is I think it's, uh, you know, hey, as far as I'm concerned, uh, we lead the industry and uh, as a company. And I think, you know, you can look at the financial metrics and everything that uh, we put out and they have been putting out. And, you know, when you when you're able to have that kind of efficiency driven by the operating department, uh, within an, within the company, it allows you to weather financial times that maybe aren't uh, ideal, i.e. drop in volume. And to have that significant drop in volume that we've had and not have to worry about uh, solvency and other things and be able to continue to invest, I think when we come out of this, uh, we'll be in a place that uh, we should be whether or not we had had the pandemic. And I will tell you that every year that I'm in, I've been involved in it, uh, I get what is needed to maintain the railroad and the infrastructure. And I've always gotten that, even pretty precision railroading. 
The difference is now, because we have a very planned, scheduled, efficient network on the train side, I'm able to get to track time and know when I get to track time, so I'm able to get the time to put the material in the ground and be very efficient doing it. Uh, so I would say without a doubt precision railroading is huge, yeah. hugely beneficial to the engineering department. Economically, it has been a very dark time during this COVID-19 pandemic, so it's always great to hear some Class 1s, like CSX, are having success and are continuing to do what they do best. I would like to thank Ricky Johnson for his time and insight. Look for another podcast very soon. As for now, I'm Bill Wilson, and I will see you down the line.